Welcome to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream, the show dedicated to fun, practical mental performance strategies for your golf game. Join mental performance coach Jamie Glazier and co-host Ross Flanagan as they discuss how to manage your mind in one of the craziest sports there is. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast, a special edition tonight. It's uh, We're catching up with a couple of the members of the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast Facebook group, but it's not just any members. It's uh, it's our very own Team Herbie on the line, all the way up in Queensland, and we've got the uh, the key proponents of Team Herbie on the line here. Lucas Herbert himself, number sixty four in the official World Golf Rankings, Dubai Desert Classic two thousand and twenty champion, Jamie Glazer, the Mental Master, and probably the guru of it all, Dominic Azapati up there. How are you guys? You well, Jamie? I'll go to you first. You well? I was well until you uh, introduced Dominic as the guru of all gurus. The smile on his face, I think, has just about broken his camera. But uh, now we're very well up here, Roscoe, uh, enjoying some beautiful weather. Um, I haven't spent a huge amount of time on the Sunshine Coast, but uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. And Lucas, you're sitting right beside uh, Jamie there. How are you going, mate? You're uh, itching to get it back out there, no doubt. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. We managed to get this Mexican across the border from uh, Victoria into Queensland to do some work for the week. Um, I had, a, I had a question about the intro, though. This is admittedly this is the first time I listened to your podcast. Who's the Seppo that did the uh, voicing of the intro? It sounds like one of you two just put on an American accent to try and <laughs> no. uh, do that voiceover. No, he, uh, this gentleman got paid about as much as Dom's interior designer is. He's a very expensive uh, voiceover guy, but um, yeah. Well, uh, uh, it sounds good. Sounds great, doesn't Happy it? Happy to be on. Thanks for having me. Now, just to uh, paint the picture for the listeners, you two guys are there. And Dominic's around the corner at his place at Parisian Springs there. So we're not all together, obviously. But uh, we just thought it would be a great opportunity before, you know, Lucas starts his next phase of his preparation to go back to uh, back to work, let's call it that. And uh, I'm sure after watching the, the Charles Swab today, he's itching to get back out there and play. Um, there's been, you know, you guys have been very active contributors in the Facebook group and I, I know that the guys have uh, appreciated that, but... We've we've got a bit of a glimpse into into what you've been carrying on with up there in terms of your training, cash games. You just mentioned a bit of that, Lucas. What what's the last couple of months been like for you, mate? Yeah, it's been a bit of an interesting one. Uh, I mean, I think six weeks off was probably the longest I'd had of a break in the prior four years uh, to that. So to sort of all of a sudden, at, I mean, at the start we didn't really know how long the break was going to be for. It could have been the rest of the year. We we didn't know. So. Uh, to potentially have a 12-month break uh, right in front of me. And as it turned out, probably a three- or four-month break. It was, it was a bit weird. to sort of had to try and adjust to living a life at home that normal people live, which um, is pretty overrated, I've decided. Um, Jamie and I cleaned the house today, and I don't really want to have to do that again. Um, been doing all sorts of – I've been cooking and, um, yeah, pretending like I fit in with the rest of society. And I've, I've, I've decided that's not for me anymore, and I reckon I'm going to go back to playing golf. Well, we can't wait to see you back out there. So life on the road is for you at the moment and uh, I can I can see why you'd be itching to get back out there. Jamie, you, you're you enjoying the sun up there. Look, you've got your pink T-shirt on. I can see a little bit of a golf tan. And, uh, Mate, I've, uh, I've actually, uh, to be honest, really enjoyed it up here. It's uh, the, the whole Sunshine Coast, the vibe, the laid-back vibe, the, uh, the weather obviously um, 
is great. The rain that we got yesterday afternoon was some epic sort of rain, that's for sure. It was uh, coming down like you wouldn't believe. But um, but again, today popped up, beautiful blue sky, and uh, we thought it would be a great day to, to, to clean some cars and clean the house, uh, which could sound like an act, as, an act of punishment, seeing that we were supposed to have a day of practising, but someone... Uh, or actually some two of us on this podcast tonight had a decent hangover today and probably couldn't go to work. So um, I thought I'd step in and, and help him clean the house and uh, do some chores. Well, we'll talk about uh, the reasons for that hangover in a second. But, you know, Lucas, he was itching to get up there to, to Queensland and I know he had to get special permission from uh, Mrs. Uh, Palachek there for, to get into the in across the border. But uh, you should have you should have heard him the last couple of weeks, you know, since we've been out to play golf now. Lucas, you're in Queensland, but you are a Victorian. Um, you would think this bloke's never seen a bit of cold weather in his life, mate. You know, the, the face was long. He just couldn't wait to get up there. He is the worst person ever for dealing with cold climates. I'll give you the hot tip. Uh, Can you remember New Zealand on the range a couple of years ago? Yeah, well, you are wherever we go where it's cold, you never never seem to be a fan of that. Oh. Definitely uh, for the last few years, as long as I've known you, you've been the one to... Uh, Head over to US mid-year to Vegas, the probably the hottest place on earth at that time, just to get away from the Melbourne winters. So yeah, um, yeah, you are a bit of a sook when it comes to the, the poor weather. Yeah. Now we did we did much. we did have a chat and, and we just uh, checked in and said, you know, is there going to be a little bit of banter? And of course, it doesn't go without you three guys sitting together uh, and not having some banter. Dominic up there, uh, you've always you've always got something to say when it comes to. Um, you know, Jamie and cold weather and, you know, just other general traits, you know. What, what have you observed in the last week of uh, the, the training camp with Team Herbie up there? Yeah, well, firstly, thanks for having me on, Roscoe. Um, I'm actually... My pleasure. Uh, my, my pleasure. I'm, I'm coming to you from uh, a gated community up here at Bridgeton Springs where I live, um, which sort of keep Jamie out. I haven't given him the code this week. Um, I'm feeling really refreshed. I've just come off uh, long service leave after 10 years of coaching Herbie. <laughs> um, he had about 10 weeks off so um yes i've really fresh ready to go and uh, doing some good work over the last couple of weeks with uh with lucas it's been great to have jamie up here the last week um in all seriousness uh jamie and i work really well together it's, it's great to have him up here and, and sort of talk to him a lot about um you know what my thoughts are about you know different things that i want to do with 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 lucas and um you know get his opinion uh, and confirmation of, of you know how I'm going about things that, that that's correct and, and it's the best way forward and um, yeah it's been really good actually we've done some some pretty good work last week. Now I get obviously sitting alongside Jamie fairly frequently and having the you know a very occasional game of golf. Not a, not a deep insight, but I get the to know that you know you guys are pretty close just for the benefit of the you know guys tuning in and so they can get a handle on you know what it's like you know you being the coach of a European tour player and someone who's about to you know head across to the states to play, and Jamie being the mental performance coach. What is the level of communication on a week to week basis around you know keeping the young man that's sitting over there watching in keeping him at his peak performance conditions? Yeah, it's pretty pretty huge, really. Um, Jamie and I speak um, very regularly, um, different different times, more or less, depending on what's going on. Um, but, you know, as you know, Roscoe Lucas is a unique fella, um, you know, and, and said that in, in 
you know, in very good ways. Um, but there's also um, areas of his personality and, and the way he does things that make him the player that he is. But it also throws Jamie and, and myself, um, you know, huge challenges along the, the journey. So I've found it really good the last four years to, to have Jamie around um, just to throw ideas through him and, and just to, you know, discuss, you know, the best practices um, moving forward. He's got a really good understanding of Lucas and um, obviously, you know, how to get the most out of him uh, as far as the mental performance. Um, and then he really helps me with the technical side of the game also, just to uh, allow me to, I guess, understand how to um, get my point of view, get my, my thoughts across to Lucas. And, and that sometimes can be, um, you know, diff- it's quite a different way of doing that with Lucas. Now, in the break, you, know, you mentioned you joked said you know, long service leave. Have you had the chance to play a bit of golf yourself? Have you, you know, pulled dusted the sticks off, called up to some uh, pro buddies, and got out there and played for some some money? Here, actually, no, I, I, I'm, I, um, I haven't really been playing much golf, Roscoe. Um, <laughs> Turn it up! You lie like a cheap rug. <laughs> Turn it up! Uh, he, he won't be playing much golf moving forward, Roscoe. But uh, he has got the sticks out and. The last sort of six weeks has been playing some really good golf until last Friday and uh, the wheels fell off a bit and uh, he probably would prefer to, to forget Friday, but we, we can't allow that to happen. Roscoe, I'll tell you, I had Glenn Joyner come around tonight, Roscoe, and Jamie knows Glenn too. And Champion of the game, yep. Uh, and we actually got the old broomstick out of the garage mm. and we started having a look at uh, what I might do. So when when... The anchoring came in a number of years ago. The broomstick that I'd used for 20 years uh, went to the garage and I think it might be coming out of uh, hibernation for <laughs> before Friday when uh, my next game is. So, uh, yes, change, change it up, something a little bit different. Um, yeah, not <laughs> I'm not doing what I did last Friday ever again. So uh, <laughs> we, might, we might come back to that. Lucas, when, when you hear the guys, you know, say and talk about, you know, you're a, a unique character and, you know, in a playing sense and, you know, sometimes you throw them some challenges and, and I imagine that's in a very positively meant. Um, what do you think when you hear that? What's your response? Uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I, I'm very aware I'm a quite a unique character. Um, there's not a lot that's normal about me. So, uh, yeah, I understand. Uh, I mean, I completely understand what Dom says when he, when he makes that sort of remark and, um, to me, it's I, I look at those traits as probably what makes me as good as I am. Um, and sometimes, well, I think probably the biggest one is stubbornness, and that and that then revolves around any, every other trait that um, potentially gets in the way of, of doing some work with these two. Uh, I feel like if I change myself too much, that might be changing the recipe for uh, what makes me as good as I am. So, yeah, I, I try and. Um, I try and talk through and discuss why I sort of feel the way I feel about whether it be technique changes or, um, you know, routine changes with Jamie or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I know what Dom means and I, and I don't see it too much of a, uh, of a bad sort of remark to make and, and probably more of a, yeah, it's, it's an asset to me. I look at it as. It's feedback, eh? And feedback's an important part of learning and developing. Hey, Absolutely. When, when you contribute into uh, or you see some of the comments coming through on the Facebook group, which, you know, 
Jamie started and is growing and, you know, we encourage anyone to jump in. It's it's open to anyone to uh, log in and tap into the Facebook group. When you see some of those comments and you offer some contribution, what do you what do you think? What are you feeling when you just see everyday golfers like me, Jamie, and all the other people? What do you think? Oh, look, I mean, some of it we do have some fun with and obviously uh, throw a bit of banter out there and, um, you know, hopefully – I don't come across in a way of sort of degrading anyone else other than maybe Jamie for not having a hole in one. But other than that, it's, you know, it's just a bit of fun. And, um, you know, in that group, we're all golfers and none of us are sort of more important than anyone else. Um, so I'd like to see it that way that we kind of have a bit of fun and, and throw some banter around here and there. But um, it's none of it seems ridiculous to me. I mean, everyone at different levels has the same problems that to – you know, all of us, the, the comments that are being posted, the problems that we're struggling with, like we're all having it on different levels, whether it be, you know, in big European tour events or in a Saturday comp out at your local course. So um, none of it seems ridiculous to me or, or silly or stupid that people feel like that um, they do. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm very wary of trying to not give away too many of Jamie's secrets without uh, having them paid for his services. But um, yeah, it's, it's, I think all of us enjoy seeing um, help that we give other people um, improve their games and improve their handicaps, have them shoot lower scores, just enjoy the game more. Matt, well, I know from a couple of people that I know outside of the group, they uh, really do value your contributions when you're able to jump on and, and uh, just at least show a face in there and you know give some support. They really do appreciate it. Now, Jamie, you've been up there for a week now and it's part of uh, Lucas's preparation for the next phase of tournament play, which is starting to unfold. What have you, what's been going on in in terms of, you know, your work and your contribution and what are we looking at? Oh, look, I think for me, first and foremost, it was just checking in uh, the first couple of days and just seeing how Herbie is from a, we'll we'll call it a mental health point of view, just with everything that's gone on, that he's just in a, in a really good place. He's balanced, he's, um, He's motivated, he's driven. Uh, so just wanted to check in on some of those fronts because of the, obviously the situation, the environment that he's been in the last couple of months has been, you know, very unique to all of us. So we're all going to handle it quite differently. But, you know, he's he's done a phenomenal job with uh, his um, movement coach, uh, Simi, who's had him in the gym training and the work that they've been able to do over the past sort of eight, ten weeks has been for me, I said to Herbie last night, you know, I'll use the term a lifesaver. It's obviously, I think if he didn't have that physical training, that outlet, I, I don't know if he'd be in the same position mentally right now. So I think that's been huge. And especially for someone who doesn't like training, he's never really been in the gym. He, uh, you know, he tried uh, some strength and conditioning stuff last year and it just wasn't for him. And so for him to commit to that and uh, and Simi sort of help him to to step into that commitment's been been fantastic. So I just wanted to firstly check in with where he's at, um, and then I suppose now start to trigger and tap into some of that competitiveness that he's going to have to uh, switch on in about you know six or eight weeks time. Um, so that's sort of the next phase. The next couple of days, we just want to try and start to sharpen a little bit of. His processes maybe sharpen a little bit of his uh, attention to detail without sort of, I suppose, increasing his intensity. It's just sharpening his attention to what he's doing 
Um, Dom and Herbie have had a bit of a pitching project that they've been working on. So I'm just sort of having a little bit of a look at that. Uh, they're, they're doing a great job there. So I think for me now, it's just a matter of clarifying over the next four to five weeks, what are we going to do now um, before he leaves that's getting him prepared for competition? Because it's he can go out here and shoot five, six, seven, eight under and be playing really well. But... Um, you know that turning that into tournament competitive mode is a completely different thing. So um, yeah, so we've got some time up our sleeve, which is great, and um, no, it's been been really good. Now you asked some of the listeners and followers from the Instagram page and the mentor and the um, Facebook page for any questions. What were some of the things that people threw up to you when they knew that you know you were going to be sitting beside Lucas and sitting beside Dominic tonight? What were some of the questions that you had? Well, probably most of the questions that were usable um, were revolved around uh, pre-round routine stuff. So, um, you know, someone asked about what's his go-to pre-round meal, like what does he like to eat before a round of golf that he feels can sustain the entire round of golf and, uh, you know, just some other questions around preparation, you know. Uh, obviously, the, the, the guys on tour try and have a fairly consistent, you know, pre-round preparation where some of the questions might be revolved around, if you don't have as much time, what do you do? Um, so, and it's a really, I, I thought tonight would be a great chance for us to discuss that because us as a team, and uh, I'll use the term we, Dominic, uh, we learnt a lot um, just about the way we went about things last year after Herbie had a, you know, really good 2008. We set some really, really big goals around making top 50 in the world and making the President's Cup team. And we saw the year before how well he went when we set some big goals, when we had that, you know, Project 100, uh, Mission 100, where we're trying to get inside the top 100 in the world. He did really well. And we sort of thought, okay, well, that's that's a great recipe for him to perform well. He's let's set high goals. And um, in doing that, we really tried to control a lot of what he was doing and it just didn't work. The rigidity around that pro that process and I suppose Herbie being the sort of person that he is, he, you know, he's, he's, he's never on time. He's never early. He's never on time. He's That's rough. Well, it's true. Um, he does things on Herbie time um, and... You know, for, for Dom and I, um, who are a little bit more the opposite way, we'd rather be, you know, 40 minutes early than three minutes late. That sort of, I suppose, didn't sit that well with us. But again, we started to learn more. This is not about what Dominic and I want or how we function. This is about this bloke and this bloke only. And we're the ones that have to adapt and, and change and be flexible. And um, ever since we did that, it's... It's been really good. Yeah, Lucas, that process where, you know, the guys have said we need to adapt our way, did that just happen or was that – did you drive that? Did you say, hey, guys, you know, I am – this is what I do, this is how I do it, this is how to get the best out of me? Or, you know, I'm just interested to know, you know, what your contribution to those guys realising, well, you know, you're you're the talent here that we need to work better with. Did you have a contribution in that? Uh, I think obviously being as stubborn as I am when there's points of difference in whether it's what Jamie thinks I need to do and what I think I need to do or whether it's 
what I think I need to do and what Dom thinks I need to do. Um, there's always going to be pushback at, at both ends. So, um, I, I mean, I think it just got to a point last year where uh, the pushback from me was sort of evident enough that things weren't working. Um, and it was, we all kind of realised that at the same time what the issue was. I don't know that it was necessary, necessarily me telling anyone that they were wrong or, um, or these guys kind of having a, having a light bulb moment and, and dreaming that one up. Um, I think it was just a lot of conversations. Um, you know, when I, when I came home in the middle of the last year, our team was kind of in a bit of a shambles, really. We're, we're all pretty, there was, there was a lot that um, had gone down that we needed to unpack. And then uh, I think it kind of, it got pushed to the side for the, for the rest of the year so that we could go and keep my tour card in Europe, which was the kind of the main priority at that stage. And then, there was a lot of conversations had at the end of last year around um, things that have been said and done, but then also how we could do it differently and, and better going forward. And um, yeah, I, I think the general consensus was that we just all needed to work with each other a lot more. And um, I mean, being so stubborn like I am, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep doing something that I think is going to give me the, the worst result or, you know, a worse result than um, another option. So I'm always kind of, um, I'm kind of the test dummy for what these guys are, are trying to get um, through and, and what they want to teach. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty stuck in my ways. Like if I want to, if I want to stay, if you want to change me off of what I currently do, like it would want to be a pretty good argument as to why I should change. So they're always constantly proving to me why they're uh, as good as coaches as what everyone sees that they are. But um yeah, it's it's sort of it goes both ways a little bit. We we sort of all have to give and take a little bit to to get our points across and and work with each other. Mate, I'm fortunate enough to you know get the counsel of some AFL players and some A League players, and and also my own experience working in business, you know, at a reasonably corporate high level. And good teams do that. You know, they have challenge between teammates between management and players and department and department, but the good teams are the ones that are able to sit down, work it out, work out a plan and work in a way to move forward. And that sounds like you've done that very, very well. And obviously, you know, the results in the first part of this year when we were playing demonstrated that clearly. Now, in terms of, you know, Dominic, uh, gameplay and technical and just keeping in sharp tune on the course, how have you managed that? You've obviously been allowed to play in Queensland, you know, where we got locked out of golf for a while. How did you manage that for the... Uh, to the yeah, best well, I guess Herbie wanted a break from from the clubs, and and he got uh, in the gym, and and as Jamie said, he, he's done a great job with Simi. Um, yeah, and his body's actually changed a lot, uh, Roscoe. And you know, there's there's challenges, I guess, around that. Um, so yeah, we've been back into it for a couple of weeks now, and you know, it's been really good because you know we've got time. So you know, I. I believe that Lucas's pitching game um, was good, but, you know, I, I believe he drives it world-class, he puts it world-class, you know, his iron plays, you know, getting there. But, you know, I, I felt pitching, you know, he was a good pitcher of the ball, but, um, you know, that was an area that, that I could see with our statistician, Tom Boys, that, that we could do some work on and, and get some improvement. So, um, you know, I loved, I, I mean, the, Here's what I love about coaching is that, you know, Lucas and I have had some really good chats over the last couple of weeks um, about, you know, 
what my thoughts are on how we do that. And what I love about Herbie is he, he's always, as he said, he, he wants you know, me to prove to him why that is. He, he's not going to change anything he does uh, unless he you know, firmly believes it's going to make him better, which is great because that, that makes me become a better coach to really um, work through why I'm wanting him to do things. Um, so we've had some really good chats over the last few weeks um, with that pitching and he's, um, he's done a really good job uh, in that area. So um, as far as getting ready for sort of six, eight weeks time, he, um, yeah, we're just starting to play a bit more now. He's, he's playing uh, a couple of times a week, trying to play some more competitive rounds just to, to hit those shots. Um, you know, you, you can stand on a range all day, but, you don't get the you know the wind off the left and and on a slight upslope and um, you know all the d- different variety of shots that, that Herbie plays so well and needs to you know get you know get get himself back into being able to to, to do that um, and get out there and play. So what are the sort of the fun games that you play to keep those competitive juices flowing while you're up there? And where do you play? Where do you go and play up around home there? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I love competing, so anything. Anything competitive. I mean, I have my own drills day to day, especially with my putting. That uh, I've, I've pretty much I tick them off to to say that I've finished practice for the day. Um, they might take half an hour, or they might take three hours. It just depends. Obviously, if it's taken three hours, there's probably some stuff that needs to be worked on. So um, that's kind of how I get my competitive fix uh, there. But then we've got obviously a pretty good sort of crew up here now uh, on the Sunshine Coast. It's been great with Jamie up here, obviously being able to um, sort of even even the field up a little bit there with some some handicap shots. But um, Adam Scott's been back here in Australia quarantining, so I've gone out and played a couple of games with him um, at Pridgeon Springs where, where I do all my practice. Um, there's another girl there who's um, a really good amateur player, Cassie Porter, uh, and she's 17. She's been... Um, winning just about everything she looks at in the, uh, in the junior sort of girls division. So she's been a great, um, a great competition for me as well. Whilst I've been home, we always, we're both really competitive. So we always have some really good matches. Um, it's, we usually put something on the line, whether it be lunch or um, some cash or all sorts of, uh, all sorts of bets that go on. We've, we've been, um, had a good sort of crew that we've been social with. Uh, outside of the golf course as well. So whether it be drinks on Saturday night or, or whatever, we, we always find something to, to make the match interesting. Um, and then, yeah, I think the best one we, we played on Saturday, it was Cassie and, and Jamie and myself played a, a split sixes match. And um, we decided that the the loser had to pay for uh, everyone else's food at the sushi train afterwards. So Jamie, I think, basically couldn't win or couldn't get himself out of last spot as we stood on the 16th tee. So, yeah, we uh, we all went down to the sushi train for lunch and rack, I know Dom did a very good uh, job of racking up the highest bill possible. And, yeah, we, we definitely we definitely didn't go hungry that afternoon. Uh, Jamie was very generous with his credit card and, uh, yeah, it was good fun. Now, we saw that on uh, both of your Instagram stories there and it was very clear that... Uh... I just have to say, Roscoe, that... Yes. Um, Dominic didn't play Friday because obviously, uh, sorry, when we had the cash game Saturday because of Friday's round, he was scared to even touch a golf club um, just in case he yipped every one of them. Um, 
But he did decide now that he lives in a gated community and probably can't afford too many things outside of that expense, he'd come along for the free lunch as well. The problem um, was that he packed most of the food off the sushi chain in his bag to take home for this week's yeah, food. So no, we're recording sure. this. Uh, we're recording this on Monday night. Dom, have you got through all that sushi you bought home, <laughs> or is that still feeding the family for the week? Actually, I ate dinner tonight. That's the first time I've had to eat since Saturday lunchtime, <laughs> and it's what are we Monday night? So yeah, yeah my my mistake, Roscoe, was I sat at the other end of the table where the iPad was, where you do all the ordering. So Dom's just you know punching in all sort of orders. I think we got. He ordered eight packets of lollies, but we didn't need eight packets of lollies, clearly, but just because he thought that would be a good $20 spent. We managed to open the bill three times after Jamie had shut it. So, uh, yeah, he was pretty happy to get out of there. <laughs> now, yes. what, what was uh, – I heard some rumours about some another game that you played over the weekend and uh, a couple of people ended up a little bit worse for wear. Is that is that true? Yeah, we played, uh, we played yesterday. Um, day, day off, day uh, which I wouldn't be surprised if we were now banned from after our uh, <laughs> after our escapades yesterday. Um, and I don't know that really any of what happened is reportable on today because, uh, well, I know I have contracts that I would like to keep uh, going with some manufacturers. So uh, I would like to not discuss the majority of what happened yesterday and I would appreciate it if these two also kept their lips sealed on that one. And I have respect and a professional image I'd like to uh, keep hold of. And Dom, your professional image? Oh, that's right. Now, Roscoe, I've got neither of those things. I'm happy to uh, talk about (laughs) (laughs) Well, Herbie's left the building. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Herbie's scared. But uh, no, just a nice little... uh, Little fun par three day, um, group of nine of us, and just a few uh, a few shots for people that are missing greens, and uh, it was a, it was a really good day had, and um, yeah, I think that's probably as far give, as we can go. I will give it. an update for all the uh, followers of the group because I know that this will be the one question that will be asked. No, Jamie did not add to his hole in one tally of zero, uh, even on a par three course. He managed to hit. I'd say it's a maximum of three greens in reg for the round. I might have hit the first three, but. Uh, First two, and didn't need another one after that. Yeah, right. I think the yeah, alcohol might have had an effect. On yeah, that too. I think first two, and I might have had a shot of vodka or two for other, other, other reasons. And uh, yeah, but uh, now it was a good, it was a good day had. But um, right, well, there should be more of that in golf. You know, it sounds like it was fun. No, whatever happened, it sounds like it was a lot of fun. And whatever we can do in terms of bringing more fun to the golf course in fun ways and different ways, that's what we need to do. So. Maybe maybe not to the level that you guys went to, but uh, yeah, you had fun, and we need to bring more fun to the golf yeah, course. I think we might have had a little bit too much fun, but I do support uh, everyone having fun on the golf course. Absolutely, it's, uh, it's definitely what we want people to do. Now let's talk about the hole in ones for a second. And um, Dom, can you can you help both Jamie and myself with this uh, hole in one mission? I have had a hole in one, one only. It was nineteen eighty seven. And uh, depending on the company that I'm talking about, some people exclude that from validity because, you know, they say, well, I wasn't born then. And Lucas, you're one of those guys. I wasn't born then, so it doesn't count. But I did have one in 1987 at Cessna. Why wouldn't that count? <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a joke. You know, when I say that, it's the same. I, I think that's fair. Was it, on a, was, it on a, was it on a normal golf course, normal size hole? 134 metre path, uh, second hole, Cessna Golf Club. Uh, I don't know if you ever went oh, to Cessna. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to count that. So that, that's, that's, uh, that's three of us that have all had one. But oh, thank you. Well, is there well, any... Tom, do, you, do you remember when your last one was? Did I actually even sort of compute now? It's just sort of a, that sort of often of an occurrence. I don't think they'd really even be worth memori- memorising, would they? Yeah. 
I do remember them, all 13 of them. Um, 13? <laughs> I thought it was 12. No, nah, no, nah, 13. You lose count. Lucas, nah, nah. What's, what, what's your tally, Lucas? Uh, I've had four, I think. Um, probably it's worth worth mentioning Here one of them. Worth mentioning one of them uh, was it was I was playing a practice round for the Vic Open um, about it was, oh, been, it was the first year it was the first year that we played the men's and women's down at Thirteenth Beach and uh, the, it's the twelfth hole on the beach course as we play it but I'm not sure what I'm not sure what order it is for the members but there's like this back left section of the green it's a bit of a bowl and you can't see it from the tee the flag was back left couldn't see the flag from the tee. Anyway, I've hit this shot straight at the flag, and and it's if you know the golf hole and you've not got any sort of sense of course management, it's not where you try and fire your tee shot at. But I was must have been about fifteen and didn't know any better, so fired it straight at the hole. Didn't see it come down. So Dom's just giving me an absolute tongue lashing on the way to the green, telling me that it was the worst decision ever to be aiming at that flag. And if I did that in the tournament, that he would kick me ass. And we got up there, and my ball was in the hole. So uh, <laughs> that was that was reasonably funny. I've, I've got to give some credit to the uh, to Jamie there because I haven't looked like having a hole in one in a long time. But since I've started thinking about having a hole, hole in one, it seems to be like it's closer. It seems to be you know the distance to hole is getting closer just because I've changed my focus. I'm sure there's some technical reasons, you know, golf swing wise. But um, I, I, I certainly do think that since we've been hanging out and talking about this sort of you know concept of just focusing in my opportunity to have a hole in one is much closer than it was yesterday put it that way Roscoe, i reckon i mean tiger hasn't had a hole in one since 1999 and he's had plenty <laughs> in his life so i think you two have got something in common you haven't had a hole in one in a long time definitely not in this century so i don't see what the issue i don't see why you're worried really you've had a hole in one and it's you know you've just been playing safe to the okay, middle of the just, for a while that's why you haven't had one i've listened long enough to this dribble Right now, we're going to make a bet, the four of us, who makes the next hole-in-one. Are you paying for the sushi train when you lose? I don't, I, I don't care what the bet is. You're not in it. You're not in the bet, for one, because you play way too much golf and you're way too good. But Roscoe, Dominic and myself, Okay. next hole-in-one, come on, let's go, Dominic, a bottle of scotch. Whatever you like. I know you won't have one. I mean, the thing well, is, James, you know why they're not hard? Jamie, they're not hard because you think how many cups can you cut on a green? This is how you need to look at it, Roscoe. Mm-hmm. If you can cut how many how many cups on a green? Maybe ten thousand, not even that. Now, if you hit the green ten thousand times, one's got to go in the hole. The problem Jamie has is you just can't hit it on the green. Right. Okay. Right. So if you, I mean, if you can't hit it on the green, what hope have you got to get in the hole? This is why I employ this man. He's a straight talker. And he's def- he just operates by facts and numbers. It's not that hard. Okay. If you hit it on the green. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jamie, what uh, what else are we are we working up there? What else do you want to uh, cover off today while we've got the guys there together? Someone asked on the on the group how many beers was it all right to have before the round, wasn't it? Well, yeah, and I think this is a good discussion around pre-round um, or just. Like one of the things that we learned, I know last year when we were we set some high goals, we were trying to you know have Herbie sort of peak at um, at every chance he could. You know, one of the rules that we sort of put in there was 
I sort of didn't want him to drink alcohol tournament week just because the impact that has on brain functioning and his ability to perform at his best. Um, so, you know, we did that. And it, he did a great job of not drinking alcohol. And um, it sort of was, was something that he felt, you know, it was a bit too rigid. And anyway, the week of Dubai, uh, Roscoe, um, he had some drinks Friday night. Shall I tell the story? Yeah, please do. So I didn't have any drinks Friday night. Jamie's got that one in. a bit twisted. But um, Saturday Saturday afternoon, I've hit it 18th green. We've got a back flag and I've hit it to about 20 feet probably for putting for eagle. And um, I'm sort of looking at the leaderboard coming up and I reckon I was, I reckon I was five under. Must have been five under. Um, sort of looking at the leaderboard, looking at positioning going into, the, into Sunday. And I'm sort of thinking like, Geez, if I could roll this eagle putt in, that I'd be in a, I'd be in a very good position going into Sunday, and I'd be you know be right in there with a look. So I was sort of thinking, you know, this is it's a big putt, and these greens are slick, and I've sort of I've got this downhill right to left turn, and I've just hit it far too hard, straight through the break, eight feet past, missed it coming back. So really wasn't too thrilled with myself for that because now I'm in an even further position to come in to the weekend or to the to Sunday. From so, I sort of signed my card and, out of frustration, really walked over to the bar and just thought, oh, I'll just have, I'll just have a, I'll just have a beer. I just feel like having one. Um, so I think whatever I'd ordered, I had two standard drinks in that, in that uh, can, must have been big cans here in Dubai, and had that, had another one, and then Simi was sort of telling me I should probably head off and and go home, um, and I managed to be stubborn as per usual and defy her logic and stayed around for another two more. Um, so yeah, I was the last player to leave the bar on Saturday night. I'd caddies and officials yelling at me that I should be, should be going home. I had far too more serious things to be worrying about the next day. Um, so that would have been oh, probably eight o'clock, eight thirty. Um, and I, I, to be fair, I did have a few waters uh, when I got back to the room to try and even things out a bit. But I, I wouldn't have said if you were going to write a textbook of the ideal preparation before your last round, especially when you go on to win a tournament, that uh, probably wouldn't have been what would have been the uh, in the explanation of, of how you would prepare on a Saturday night. So, uh, yeah, I think a bit of a segue there into pre-round and tournament week kind of rituals. Um, I would say... I, to, for me, it's sort of, it's kind of whatever I feel like mm. uh, through the tournament week, and that's very blase. Obviously, you know, I, it's not. I, I'm not saying that I feel like going and getting hammered every night. Um, it's certainly that's more of a a rarity rather than a common occurrence. But uh, yeah, I don't. I think it does more harm than good for me if I feel like I'm de- depriving myself of of. Um, you know, whether it be whether it be a burger on a Friday night with, you know, if you go out for, for dinner with a few guys and, and we've gone to a burger bar and I feel like I've got to order a salad because that's the athletic thing to do. Like, you know, that's that's not for me. I would prefer to, um, if we're at a burger bar, I want, I want to try the best burger there. And, you know, if that's dripping in grease, well, not my, not really a, uh, a problem for right now. I'll deal with that later. Um, and, you know, by the same token, if, we, if we're out for dinner and, we're having a glass of wine. Like I don't see why there's an issue having one of those. I'm, I'm not being silly. I'm not, um, you know, the, 
level of performance that one glass of wine might decrease me by is probably going to be counteracted by the fact that I'm get, I'm enjoying myself and I'm enjoying my time out on the road and enjoying being at the tournament and enjoying, I guess, the fruits of my labour. I've, I've worked pretty hard all my life to get myself into this position as a European tour player. Um, I don't see why I shouldn't get the chance to go and enjoy that at the right time and um, in a measured way. Absolutely. Drink responsibly. So that morning, just go back to Dubai, That the Sunday morning, so obviously the day that you went on to win, you, know, you wake up, you've had three or four cans, big deal. No no drama, obviously no drama. You just go about your business normal in a normal normal way. There's no... Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I wear a whoop. So if yep. that's that's probably the biggest indication for me. If, if it's telling me that I'm under-recovered uh, in the morning, then that's probably, you know, that's a time where I'll go and... And maybe take some some action towards helping myself out for the day. So um, I, it gives you a recovery score in a percentage, obviously out of a hundred. So if I'm under maybe thirty percent, then that's when I'm going to start looking at you know drinking a lot of water, um, trying to get some good food into me, really trying to slow down the amount of activity I have for the day. So that can be as simple as like walking a lot slower between shots. So I might be the first one to leave the tee box and the last one to get to my ball because I'm walking so slowly. Um, I'll try and react uh, a lot less to both good and bad shots. So you want to try and decrease the amount of um, of energy that you're expending, I guess, because you're, you're going to need it, uh, especially if you get near the lead uh, on that back nine. You you waste a hell of a lot of energy on stuff that you don't have control over. So, um, yeah, I mean, I woke up that specific Sunday morning. I think I was pretty fine. Um, didn't feel too bad. I, you know, tried to sort of hydrate as I would normally. And yeah, just went about a, a pretty normal routine there. Really, I, I don't recall my preparation um, after I woke up being any different to normal. And um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I didn't think I was really a chance to win the tournament when I woke up that day. That, and that wasn't really my focus. So um, yeah, it's sort of, it was, a, it was a funny one. I didn't really, um, didn't really sort of go in there with too many expectations. Well, we all saw what happened at the end of that day and it was... Uh... It was a great moment for uh, for the team. No no worries there. It was great. Um, Dom, how's your uh, whoop score going, mate? <laughs> I'm about to put it back in the post and send it back to him. I don't. I, it's not helping me in any way. Jamie, you're a, you're a whip. You're a whip guy. Mine's uh, mine mine's going very well today uh, with an 83 percent recovery. So um, I'm feeling a million dollars. I did a workout this morning. A walk down the cafe. Um, but one point I wanted to make. Uh, Roscoe, just in regards to what Herbie was saying about, you know, the negative effect of those couple of drinks on his recovery or his performance, whether there is a greater return on investment with how he feels emotionally, he's during his time, he's having fun. Um, You sort of reminded me a bit of a post that was put up during the week where uh, one of the group members, Janine, spoke about she had a really shitty day at work on the Friday and couldn't get that out of her head, uh, you know, for Saturday morning before her golf. And she's thinking about, you know, all of that sort of stuff before she gets to the first tee. And I think sometimes people, you know, if we can start to think about what works best for us when it, when it, when it comes to the first tee, if we perform better when we're calm, relaxed, we're having fun, then instead of going to the range for half an hour and hitting balls, maybe you might be better off sitting down, having a coffee, relaxing, 
having a chat to some of the girlfriends or some of the mates there, just a bit of banter and not get caught up in just the, the warm-up side of things because although, okay, you might that may not be great for your body, your mind, mentally and emotionally is going to be in a much better position and we've just got to weigh up what is more beneficial. And the thing that we've done, you know, come to the realisation with Herbie is our number one priority is, is, is his overall happiness. If he's happy and he's in a good place, he can play good golf. Even if his body is not in a good position, if his swing's not in a good position, he can still manufacture a score. So, you know, the things that he does with Sim and the things that he does with Dom, they keep him on a really good pathway technically and physically and that's all we're trying to do mentally as well is just give him some room to move from day to day so he feels one that he's in control and two that he's happy and enjoying what he's doing now because of the personality that Herbie has he needs room to move because of just the 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 type of personality that he has you know when he talks about being stubborn um, he knows he's stubborn. Um, if we tell him to do something, he, he could believe it 110%, but because he's stubborn, he'll go against it. Now, we've, Dom and I have learned that instead of fighting that, we need to understand that and just work with him. And when he's being stubborn like he was the other day in the range, we just step back a little bit and let him let him be stubborn because we've also come to realise that He's doing the things that we want him to do. He just doesn't want to own up to or admit that he's doing it because one of us said it. So, but then, you know, at night, at night, uh, that night at dinner, he said to me, he goes, oh, I think I might have been a bit stubborn today. So him having that awareness is all we're after. You know, he can, we want him to be who he is because, as Dom said earlier, his personality traits are what's going to make him top 10 in the world one day. So if we try and interrupt that or or change that in any way to suit to suit us or be more convenient for us, well, that's not what we want. So um, I think a lot of people need to just realise that their pre-round warm-up or their their preparation for a competitive round needs to be fluid, needs to be flexible, and maybe needs to look a lot different to what their perception of it is, which is getting there an hour and a half early, hitting 100 balls and putting and getting really warmed up and feel like they're ready to go, that may not actually transition into a good round of golf. So just to have that flexibility. It certainly made a difference to my game the other day, turning up 20 minutes early. You know me. It's, I'm, yeah. I'm the one that's running to the tee. Lucas. Yeah. I'm probably on your side there, you know, a couple of minutes late. That's that's me. Yeah. Um, I turned up early. I only hit 20 balls, had a little bit of a stretch, but I had the chance to talk to a few people and it made the world a difference uh, because it, it gave me the opportunity for me to just set in my own mind what I wanted to get out of the day. And as we've been talking, as you know, it wasn't about score. I didn't have to have 39, 38 points, yep. but I wanted not to have a wipe and that yep. was really important. And, Jamie, you know enough about my golf now is if I lose a ball on a par five, yep. I may as well just pick it up and see you there but on yeah. the third you know my hole the third yeah yeah second shot hit a tree i was just in the right rough but i was trying to go for the marac through the little front part of the green you know, yeah. had, had a three in my mind hit the branch lost in the sun 
Yeah. Bunted one down. So, oh, well. And I remember having this conversation. Oh, well, it's it's up and down for a point, which yeah. would mean not having a wipe, which I had none of. Yeah. Usually I'm just picking the ball up. I'm like just yeah. kicking it into the bunker or doing whatever and just get me onto the next hole. But And that had a, a few, happened a few times. But I think I set that mindset for me just by turning up and hitting a few balls and having a chat and walking up and down the range and catching up with a few people and stretching my groin out and all that sort of thing. It just made the world a difference. So that's – and we yeah. talked about we talked about um, not playing for – you know, not just preparing better to play for our club rounds. Yeah. And that was part of that and that's the yeah. sort of new focus for me coming out of this lockdown period. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, it's a bit like what we do with this podcast, you know, we'll – You'll send me a message a few hours before or a day before, whatever. Okay, what are the, what are the discussion points? What are we going to talk about? Like, we're just preparing. We're putting an agenda together to prepare to talk about. Um, that's what you did twenty minutes earlier. You set yourself an agenda for the day of what you were going to attach to, and it wasn't two, three, four, five things. It only really needs to be one thing. Um, but because you set that agenda you basically are directing your mind's attention to focus on something that you perceive is going to help your performance. And that's, that's what you did. And I think, you know, if everyone can just, whether it's a drive in the, you know, driving to the, to the course in the car, just set an agenda today, I'm going to do this. And the art of amnesia podcast, I think has been probably the most impactful podcast because it helped people set an agenda for the day that they're going to focus on forgetting their golf shots. The amount of messages that we've received about how that helped people's, how firstly, how it helped their performance, their outcome, they scored better, but how much they enjoyed the round of golf and how much calmer they felt. I got another two messages in the last 48 hours about it. It's um, 39 points, I think, and 38 points. And yeah, they mentioned the score, but they mentioned how much they enjoyed playing golf again because they weren't analysing and rehashing all the bad stuff that happened. And, Dominic, that would have been very valuable for you on Friday when you had 24 putts on the back nine when you were four up through seven and lost three and one. But we'll work through that in the next couple of days and I'll send you an invoice and uh, <laughs> we'll get your broomstick out. Oh, dear. Hey, Dom, uh you know, if you've listened to any of the podcasts that Jamie and I've put out, you know that uh, my project is my short game. You've obviously been doing yep. a bit of work on pitching and and that. Can I can I send you a video? Can, can Love you, to, can, mate. If you, that'd be Skillless great. Skillless app. I'm 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 doing a little, lot of online oh, stuff Roscoe. from the Skillless app, Roscoe. So I'll send you a voucher, mate, and I'd love to help you out. So you're on Skillist? Yep. Beautiful. We'll do that. It, he's under Dom and Yip. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was supposed to be professional. I thought that oh, was the agenda for this meeting. Sorry, yes, it was. Hey, just no, in, hey, go, go, honestly, uh, Roscoe, to, to be brutally honest, um, uh, definitely send him a video because uh, I have a lot of respect for the way Dominic teaches and Dominic is not a one-way-is-the-only-way type of deal. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely recommend it. And if he didn't politely offer you a voucher, to give you that video for free, I'll be I would have paid for it for you. But um, seeing he did offer that up, uh, that's great of you, Dominic. We might make a little project and uh, you know post maybe some of the the befores and afters and results uh, in the group and share that with uh, everyone and see what uh, awesome. a real life working. As long as I don't get a video from Jamie with his chipping action, 
because I just don't know that I could actually help that. But Roscoe, I reckon I can help you. That'd be good. Beautiful. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Well, I think I also think somewhere um, there's a before and after of Dominic in Mexico. Uh, obviously, we're quite famous. Uh, some of the, the bets that Herbie and Dom have around chilies. Uh, Roscoe, if, um, if Herbie... You should wind this podcast up out here, Roscoe. That's <laughs> 50 minutes yeah, in. We won't go any further into this story because, um, we, although we could, because we might get a sponsorship look, from a diaper company. Look, I can keep this professional. I'm not sure about you two, but uh, yeah, you, I'm sure everyone's kind of aware of the old, you know, you'll be in some sort of short-sighted bunker and you'll yell out, oh, if I get this up and down, you owe me a beer or any sort of, uh, any sort of bet like that um, of the ridiculous miracles, I guess, to uh, that you pull off in, in golf on the odd occasion. So... Yeah, we, we discovered about 12 months ago now that Don was basically chilli intolerant, I would say. Uh, anything with spice, no good. Uh, so then all of our bets then became, Dom, if I hold this shot or Dom, if I pull this off, uh, will you eat a chilli? And so it's pretty hard, to, pretty hard to actually get him to agree to one. But occasionally we do uh, manage to get one out of him where he, he will... Uh, he will agree to eat a chili if I pull off said shot or whatever it has to be. So uh, I hold a bunker shot in Italy last year for him to, to go down one chili. Uh, and then we we're on the chipping green in Abu Dhabi this year. And there was some ridiculous shot out of the rough that was plugged and I had to stop it before the pin and um, yeah, got lucky again. So he, so he owed me two chilies. Um, and yeah, we got to Mexico and I found two of possibly the hottest chilies on the planet uh, for him to eat on the way to the range one day. And, I'll leave the leave the rest of it up to the imagination. imagination as to what might happen if as someone who's basically chili intolerant uh, tries to eat a habanero in Mexico. Oh dear! Let's just say I didn't do any more coaching that day, Roscoe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, yeah. we'll, we'll um, we've been nearly chatting for an hour, and it's been super insightful, and really do appreciate all of your time, uh, especially you two guys, Lucas and Dominic. Lucas, just in closing. What's your schedule for the next part of the year? What what does that look like uh, in terms of playing, getting back to playing? It's a, like it's a little up in the air at the moment. Yep. Um, just with, it feels like the regulations for um, quarantining and for travel and whatnot changes really weekly. So I think at this stage we're looking at playing the WGC in Memphis um, and then the following week is the PGA Championship in San Francisco. Uh, and then... Yeah, then it's up in the air a little bit from there. Uh, I was hoping to play the US Open because this year they've taken away sectional qualifying, so I'd imagine that that will probably um, increase the world ranking uh, exemptions. But I've just dropped five spots overnight in the world rankings after the first PGA Tour event. So if I'm going to do that every week, I don't know that I'm going to hang on to any sort of ranking that's going to get me in. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty up in the air after that. Uh, I'd love to go and play the big events in Europe, um, depending on obviously all the quarantine rules and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be a real challenge this second half of the year. I think I think my PlayStation might be one of my best friends going forward because uh, if we've got to do two weeks quarantining in hotels, uh, there's not a lot else you can do. Yeah. Uh, and it'll get pretty boring after a couple of days of uh, sleeping in. So yeah, well, uh, hopefully I sort of survive through all that and, um, can manage to try and keep a golf swing together to to go and play well in some events too. 
Any more uh, media commitments coming up, mate? You've been pretty active on the on the media front. Saw you up there with Trotty the other day. Always, <laughs> always, always a good laugh with um, Trotty. No, not not too much on the horizon, to be honest. Um, we're sort of working at working away at a few little projects behind the scenes, but um, no, I had the, I had the top tens going on Instagram for a little while, yeah. and um, I think everyone was kind of enjoying that. But I sort of got the combination of running out of of topics to to top ten, and then was probably becoming a little bit too much work for uh, for my nighttime schedule. So um, decided to put that one in the bin and uh, we might, it might resurface again. I don't know. We'll see how we go. Isolation. If I have to do two weeks of quarantine at a hotel, might uh, might force me into that. I thought I had uh, 10 out of 10 on your uh, stadium one, but uh, I, I can't remember which one I tripped over on, but it was one of the big stadiums I thought I had. But uh, no, I was following on there, mate. I was following on. Jamie, I think, uh, I think we'll let the guys go and uh, – yeah, I think uh, that's been a great chat. We really do appreciate it. Dominic up there and uh, Lucas Herbert, thanks for your contributions to the, the Facebook group and keep that coming. Jamie? Thanks, Roscoe. Thanks, guys, for joining. Appreciate your time and, uh, yeah, we'll uh, look forward to chatting to you soon. Pleasure. Thanks, Cheers, guys. Bro. Thank you, guys. All the best. And uh, once again, just jump over to that Facebook group. Who knows what, uh, what we can achieve out of uh, being part of that little community. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, we'll see you on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and head over to daretodream.com.au for exclusive access to the free video program, Eight Tips to an Unbreakable Mental Game. Join us next time on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast.